tôi theo vụ này đã ba năm rồi bọn chúng như những con bạch tuộc chặt đứt giờ này lại mọc ra giờ khác làm như cũ đúng thời điểm cho tao má mình ngầu lắm hello and welcome to Viva Action the movie podcast where we talk about all things action movies the good the bad and the underrated my name is Santi and with me as always is my co-host Grayson hello that's me that's you and It also is. um There's something new this week. If you're watching uh, on YouTube. If you, you are, you already see. It. <laughs> <laughs> so this is just a reveal for the audio um, people. But uh, we have a guest with us this week. Um, welcome, everybody, to the show. Dugan. Hi, how are you? So glad to be here. Happy to have you. Yeah. Um, Would you like to list your qualifications to be on the show? Um, I'm a big fan of action movies. I have a history of using recording software, and um, I've known Santi for about three years. Good enough. <laughs> yep. I feel like those are the minimum requirements. Yeah. I mean, you don't. I mean, honestly, you don't even have to have any knowledge of recording equipment at all. Yeah. <laughs> True. I would say. I would say between the three of us, you probably have the most. So yeah. probably, um, yeah. I just know how to plug a thing in and press. Oh, same. same. Yeah. Sometimes not even that, because if you listened last week, um, oh. you heard us fighting <laughs> with the Zoom recorder for yeah. about twenty yeah. minutes. Because yeah. for some reason, it only likes brand new batteries. It doesn't like half drained or even partial batteries. It's very um, picky. It is very picky. Um, but you, you know what isn't picky? Um, the, the people who listen to this show, because, true. um, this is a bad show. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, give us some credit. It's not that bad. It's okay I've listened show. to worse. I thank you. Dugan, I should say is probably our biggest supporter. Oh, um, excellent. He's listened to every episode as far as I can tell. Just about. Just about. Um, oh, yeah. You frequently will message me to tell me that you've listened to the latest episode, which I appreciate. <laughs> um, I'd like to think you're one of our five reviews on Spotify. I'm not sure if that's I'm true. not one of your five reviews on Spotify. Well, get the go... fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> you're done. You're done. <laughs> that's been Dugan, everybody. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for coming on the show. I'm so glad you guys had me. I hope you guys have a lovely show. Um, I'll be listening to it later. There you go. Um, but uh, before we get into the show, uh, for real, um, if you'll just give me a moment to to diatribe. Um, this last week, uh, everybody probably heard, but the the writers and actors are now on strike together. Um, so for the first time, and I think like. A long time. I think for the first time in yeah, 60 years, years 
they're striking together, yep. um, which is a big deal uh, in the movie industry. Uh, but it goes without saying that the bunch of commies that we are, we 100% stand in solidarity with the, the Actors Guild. Fuck yeah. Um, and uh, not that any studio would ever ask us to promote a movie <laughs> because they don't know us and they don't like us anyway, but on the off chance, they get really desperate yeah. and, and are like, hey, can you guys promote the new, you know, whatever? We no. wouldn't do it. Yeah. No, absolutely not. So just rest assured. Have you seen um, what Ron Perlman has been saying? Yes. I... It's amazing. <laughs> it's so God, good. I love Ron Perlman. I love Ron Perlman. <laughs> I love the idea of of uh, like an A-list actor burning down Bob Iger's house. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking amazing. I, have you been listening to uh, Adam Conover's speeches about it? Oh yeah, a little the, bit. The dude, the dude has, the dude has a future in activism. Yeah, he really wanted to. Definitely. But um, so we'll we'll return back to our our regular programming, um, yeah. which is movies nobody's seen or cares about, um. <laughs> And we're we're talking about a movie this week. It is a 2019 action film uh, from Vietnam called Fury, uh, spelled F-U-R-I-E. It was directed by Le Van Kiet. Um, I am definitely going to butcher a lot of names in this episode because um, I'm a dumb American and Vietnamese <laughs> <laughs> names have a lot of accents in them that i don't know how they're supposed to work um i did my best to look up pronunciations but i'm just i'm i'm gonna butcher yeah. it and i'm sorry um you're good it's like i said it's directed by le van kiet uh, and it stars nyo tan van um i think i pronounced that somewhat correctly and the lat she also goes by veronica nyo or van nyo veronica I think, or Van Veronica Nyo sometimes. She's got all kinds of different names. Um, it also co stars Cat uh, V, Fan Tan Nyen, Fam An Kwa, and Tran Tan Hua. I did it. Um, Good work. Got, got through all of that. Congratulations. Now just do that 15 more times. Oh, God. <laughs> um, the film currently carries a 95% critical score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it also has an 82% audience score, which is pretty good. That is pretty um, good. It's, um, I just realized I don't have my phone. There Uh-oh. it is. Um, I've just been kind of freewheeling these these notes, but I don't want to keep clicking back and forth. Um, that's nothing interesting for the listeners. That's just <laughs> administrative details. <laughs> Leave it in. But we've been talking about it the last few weeks, but for anybody who cares, this film passes all three marks of the Bechtel test. Um, passes it like oh, instantly. Shit, it does. Yes. I think it's the first one that has passed since we've started talking about it, um, <laughs> which is good. Good for this movie. Um, and finally, the synopsis from IMDb. Uh, Veronica Nyo stars as an ex-gangster who is lying low in the countryside after becoming a mother. But she can't escape her violent past when her daughter is kidnapped. Dun dun dun. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. That um, is the plot. 
That is the plot. And <laughs> before we get into more of the the nitty gritty, um, what what did what did you both think of of the film? And you can take turns. You can go. One of you can go first. It doesn't matter. Guests first. Okay. Um, I actually really liked the movie. I I think it had a lot of really good influences, both from in terms of like the way that it framed its action from both Western and Eastern set ways. Uh, it styled mm-hmm. its action and obviously because it's an Eastern movie and an Eastern style where you see a lot more of the brutal hits and everything. It's just a lot of it was very satisfying to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. Grayson, what did you think? Um, well, like I mentioned before we started recording, it was a banger. It was a banger. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was really good. I was, I didn't know really what to expect. Cause I think this is the very first Vietnamese film that I'd mm-hmm. ever watched. And it was really good. Um, And yeah, the action, like the martial arts, I think also was something that I hadn't really seen in a movie before. What martial, do you know what martial arts they were using? Okay, I don't know the exact martial arts they were Mm -hmm. using, but I do understand, but I do know it's very much inspired by Chinese movies, like stuff like that, where it's a a grounded style, where it's kind of, brings in different aspects from multiple different types of martial arts. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say it, it's very like, it, it seems influenced by like mixed martial arts. Okay. Um, That's kind of what I was definitely, thinking. Yeah. There's moments where she's definitely doing like jujitsu, like yeah. kind of like rolling around on the ground, kind of like she does that. I don't even know what it's called, but there's like this jujitsu move where you like pin somebody and then you like do like a little spider crawl, like around them. Oh um, yeah. 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 Do, yeah like yeah. a leg pin. Um, and then she's also doing some, like, I think she's doing a little bit of Silat, which is like, uh, uh, Indonesian martial art, kind of like the raid, like you were talking about. Um, yeah. So it's like a mix of different things. Veronica Nyo, um, she is, she's done a whole bunch of stuff. She's been in like, I don't know, like 50 plus movies and TV shows and all kinds of things. Um, but she she's not a, she wasn't a martial artist first. She was actually like a lot of uh, movie stars. She was a dancer. So um, she was a dancer and a model and a singer. Um, and she started out kind of in that world and then moved into TV. Oh, my God. Excuse me. Sorry. You're excused. Oh, it's going <laughs> to happen again. OK. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Um, the funny thing about starting off as a dancer is it actually helps a lot more with stunt choreography than having background in martial arts because you can right. learn the martial arts move learning the timing is the difficult aspect that a lot of people who come, don't come from like an acting background or a dancing background struggle with on that transition from martial arts to right screen. exactly yeah we we kind of talked about it like in john wick four with um rena sawayama who plays akira in that movie um, she's a pop star and like a dancer and so oh, she, yeah, her yeah, martial yeah. arts yeah it was really good because she's got that kind of timing um but yeah so that like you guys said the the action's really hard hitting um i think like i think like one of the things that like carries it over the line for me like i can't speak for for everybody but for me it's like this what it is is kind of like it's a sort of almost generic plot now like it's kind of become like a generic plot it's almost like taken oh, or yeah. um yeah. like like one of those kinds of movies where it's like about somebody's child gets kidnapped and they're sold into you know trafficking and 
Um, but what I think what carries it over the line is like the action and the performance. And I think like Veronica Nyo is just incredible. Like she's just really good. Um, and she's shown up in like a whole bunch of stuff. Like I was watching this video today and she's in, um, well, she's in a Netflix movie called The Old Guard. Um, um yeah, I wonder where I recognize. Yeah, her. with Charlize Theron, she plays like the uh, Charlize Theron's like lover who she loses um like hundreds yeah. of years in the past because she gets put in that like Iron Maiden kind of thing. Um, and then she shows up at the end and she's like crazy. Um, that's that Veronica Nyo. Oh, so good. I was gonna say we should watch that one we at should. some point. Yeah, because yeah. there there is a sequel that's coming. Um, it's supposed oh, to be out right. this year. Yeah. Hey, 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 you're promoting a movie. Oh, uh, it's supposed to. <laughs> it's never coming out ever. It's never coming out, and I won't watch it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she's been. A, she's in. Um, she's in the Last Jedi. She's uh, at the very beginning when they're doing like the bombing run, and uh, Rose Tico's sister gets killed in that like explosion like because she runs oh, the, yeah, yeah, the bomber yeah. into the Jeez. dreadnought that's yes. veronica Nyo. she's okay. like the she plays rose's sister okay. um she's also in she's in the five bloods which is a, a spike lee movie she's in i could just list her whole imdb if you want <laughs> but yeah she's in a whole bunch of stuff and i was kind of surprised i was like oh geez i didn't know she was like in all these things but yeah that's um, a lot more things i actually recognize that i didn't realize i recognized yeah yeah she's just got she's just one of those people she's just like in everything um she also has the youtube channel if anybody's interested uh oh. she, she does some delightful vlogs um which i watched nice. one of today it was very pleasant um <laughs> it's it's it was funny because it was like it's that like style of like vlogging that you don't really see anymore where it's just like somebody walking around like a city or something and just be like, oh, today yeah. I went and I ate a sandwich and it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll get back to the movie. Um, um, I do want to say one thing that kind of threw me off at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. During the intros, I mean like studio intros, one of them reminded me a lot of Happy Madison. Like that first intro reminded me a lot <laughs> of the Happy Madison one. And I just, at that point I was like, what movie am I in? yeah um i always feel like it's like a crapshoot with like the the start of the movie sometimes it's like a crapshoot of how good a movie is going to be based on how many titles there are for like the different production companies yeah like sometimes you watch a movie and there's like 10 of them and you're like uh-oh like we're in a <laughs> bad time but sometimes it turns out all right i think with with a movie like this because it's from vietnam and Vietnam does not have like a huge film industry, right? It's it's kind of similar to somewhere like um which I think would be a good example, like like Spain or um I don't know, Argentina or or like a, a big country with a lot of people, but they don't put out a lot of movies. Like they they primarily their film market is like US films, Chinese films um indonesian films like they, they tend to import movies rather than export them but this one what's interesting about it is it's actually the highest grossing vietnamese film of all time oh. um which kind of surprised me because you don't ever hear anybody talking about it but i guess because vietnam is kind of this country that we don't really 
like hear about that often, except in terms of like how we destroyed it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like, I guess it kind of makes sense, but yeah, so it's the highest grossing Vietnamese film of all time. And it's also, it was Vietnam's official submission for the 92nd Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't, it didn't get in like it, it, it wasn't even considered, but I, it was submitted and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's it's an action film and action films don't usually get that much uh you know credit at the Oscars unfortunately but um you know you don't see uh I don't know Expendables 4 going up for best picture but <laughs> <laughs> which is just a damn shame. It's a damn shame. A damn shame. <laughs> Statham snubbed again. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Um so so yeah, so it's it's this huge movie in Vietnam, but I think the reason I wanted to talk about it is I think it's what's interesting about it is that it's like it's like an action movie like Taken and it's that kind of like martial art movie that we associate with, but it's got a female lead and I just think that like what I like about it is it's like this movie with a female lead that at no point does it like pull the punches on like what she can do. And like what she's capable of. And I just think that's really interesting. Like we start the movie with her like beating the shit out of poor people who own who owe money to this like debt collector. <laughs> you know, I, I actually have a note about that scene, which is um after collecting all the debts, she's mm-hmm. like reprimanded for not collecting enough debts. It's like halfway through, she was attacked by a guy with a machete. Like Right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of not her fault. No. Yeah. <laughs> What I like about that opening montage is when you first watch it, you think like, oh, this is like, you know, like a compilation of these different debts she's had to collect or whatever. But then like when she talks to that woman and she gives her all the money, it's kind of implied that that all happened like that morning. Yeah. So that's yeah. just been like her whole day. It's yeah. been like well, chased see, by like men with machetes. A callback to it late, like a little bit later on when that guy's banging on her door talking about like the yeah. broken leg. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brother. And I didn't even realize that his leg was broken in the scene because they don't do anything to show that's broken other than the guy's just doing the Peter Griffin. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, she does break a lot of limbs in this movie. She does break a lot of the limbs. Yeah. It's very impressive. Um, I lost it. That's okay. Keep going. Okay. I, I, I lost where I was, too. But oh, there you go. Um, So one thing I wanted to do, right, before we, we move any further... Um, I realized that there may be people who listen to this podcast and don't watch the movie that we've like that we're talking about. Like they might start it to be like, oh, maybe I'll watch this movie, and then we spoil the shit out of it right away, and that might discourage them. Oh, from, yeah, like, watching the movie. So I think what I want to do, like moving forward, is maybe like we talk about like, okay, this is what we liked about it. Like, this is whatever. And then we break and we say like, okay, you know, whether or not we'd recommend it. And then we move on and talk about like more of the like details and stuff. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. Does that work for you? Yeah. Okay. Didn't we do that once with another, what did we do that with? I think you, I think you do that mostly with new releases that are like still in theaters from what I've noticed. Yeah, yeah. It was just just John Wick four, the one new yeah. movie we talked about. <laughs> yeah, I wanted I yeah. wanted to give you more credit than just John Wick four. Thank but, you, yeah. I appreciate it. Maybe in the future that'll be a relevant statement, but 
<laughs> right now we've just talked about the one new movie. Yeah. Um, so I think we'll do that now. So without spoiling the rest of the movie, would you recommend it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I, it's one of those movies that, like, you can just kind of turn on mm-hmm. and just watch, right? If, like, if you have, like, a friend or something, somebody that's, like, oh, you know, I want to watch, like, an action movie, but one that I haven't seen before. It's like, oh, well, I know this great Vietnamese one. Let's watch that. And it's just, it's, like, a good, solid movie that you don't really have to, like... It's like a good introductory movie, I think. Yeah. I I get you. I feel that way as well. Dugan, what were you gonna say? Uh, I think it's I think it's a hard recommend. Uh like Grayson said, it's a it's a good introductory movie. I think it's a good introductory movie for that style of Eastern film where it's very brutal martial mm-hmm. arts. And it's a good way to like get people leaning into that because one of my favorite movies is I've mentioned it like three times, The Raid. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard movie to sell people on. <laughs> I um, my favorite thing about the raid is that I showed that to Grayson and um, our friend Sam with just no context, and I was just like, "This movie's like really brutal." Yeah, it was There's fun. An extended like ten minute fight scene where two people beat up an old man, and it doesn't go well for any of them. They do yeah. beat up that old man. Yeah, yeah. My my favorite thing. And I also, I recommend this film, obviously, like, because I'm the one who, but anyway, um, my favorite thing about like martial arts movies, and this is, this goes all the way back to like, if you watch like, like Shaw Brothers movies from like the 60s and 70s and stuff. I love this idea that like, if you train in martial arts, like, it doesn't matter if you're some like 70 year old dude, you can still kick some ass. Like, I just love that thought of like, it takes two guys, you know, in a you know, trained like policemen to beat up like one old man in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even no. really successfully beat up the old man. They get their no. asses kicked. Yeah, they have to machete him to death. But yeah. Um, anyway, like back, that. back, back to, to this movie with it also um, involving a lot of machetes and hatchets. There are a lot of machetes and hatchets. Um, and like cleavers. Like lots of cleavers. cleavers. That first real big action sequence mm-hmm. after like the montage where she's running through and then just getting jumped by people left and right. Mm-hmm. I was like, when it first started, I was like, okay, it's martial arts. Cleaver went down on hand. I'm like, oh, it's a martial arts movie. <laughs> yeah. I think that sequence is probably the best action sequence in the movie. Like that first one. Like, I mm. love the rest of them, but I think the way that one kind of kicks off is just so fun. I mean, it's not fun because, like, her daughter gets kidnapped and is presumably being sold into trafficking. But, you know, it's the way it kicks off is fun where just, like, she's running and then that dude just out of nowhere just, like, spin kicks her. Um, and then she's just, like, it's a brawl from there. I just think that's great. That happens, like, three or four times. Like, every time, like... It's like stages. Every time she beats one or two people, she moves on and immediately gets smacked from off screen. Yeah. I know. Bunch of bitches just waiting their turn. <laughs> yeah. Did did like they have like a hit out on her? Because it seemed like everybody just sort of knew who she was. Well, I think it's not explained very well in the movie, but it, there's like small hints that like one of the guys behind the operation 
was that guy who during the flashback sequence gets a bottle smashed over his head. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he knows her reputation. Oh, yeah. And see, I thought... I thought that it might have been like a setup like like mm-hmm. that guy had like targeted her daughter specifically i think um, that's the implication i think that's supposed oh, yeah. to be the implication but that guy shows up twice once in a flashback and then once at the end of the movie mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. um speaking of that guy i thought for a second he was one of the guys from the raid cuz he looks a <laughs> lot like <laughs> he looks a lot like um uh what's his name He's got this great Indonesian name. Hold on, let me find it. <laughs> what is his name? I, I swear, the first time I watched it, because I watched this movie the year it came out. So I watched it in 2019. Um, and The Raid has been out since, you know, 2011 or whatever. But so I was very familiar with that guy. So I thought, like, oh, that's, that's him. Like they just got him because he's this great whatever. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, that's not him. Oh, that's not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh my god, I just tried to type the raid and I typed the RQIS. Oh, there you <laughs> the go. Rickus. The Rickus. <laughs> His name's Yayan Rukian. That's the guy uh, I was thinking of. Mm. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- it seems to be kind of... The, the narrative seems to be that like she was this like gangster. Like mm-hmm. she was almost like a mob enforcer kind of person. Um, and then she like, you know flees to the countryside to have her her kid um and i thought this movie was quite mean about like her role as a mother like even though yeah. like she's clearly like not a good person right because she's like this debt collector and she's like whatever but it's like she's trying you know yeah. it's kind of you know like, she's doing her best there's that extended sequence at the brother's house of mothers like you deserve to rot in hell it's like what the i know <laughs> And that, then at yeah. the end, that she's just cool with her brother again. Like he's I, at the hospital. He's like, "Hi, Mai," and I'm like, "I would tell that guy to get the fuck out." That uh, dude's yeah. never met Mai. I know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that brother sucks. That's all I'm God, saying. God, he's awful. He was kind of a dick. I didn't like him. No, I know. He just berates her and then kicks her out of the onto the street, and it's like, yeah, some brother you are, right? Um. I, I Go had ahead. one major pet peeve with the movie. What's that? And that would be the uh, police officer. God, what the hell is his name in the mm-hmm. movie? Um, Captain Vu Trong Long. Oh, my God. I, Captain Long. Yes. Uh, Captain Long. Uh, he literally flip-flops three times between, <laughs> let her go. You yeah. have to stay in this hospital bed. I'm going to I'm gonna help you track him down. Let him go. I'm on the train now. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, when we first met him, I thought he was in on it. Me so too. Yes. I'm glad I wasn't I the only was, one. I thought that was the implication of like that board that was set mm-hmm. up. It didn't look like a police board. It looked like a board mm-hmm. of, here's my conspiracy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I also like what, one thing I think I don't like about this movie is that he he's the one who like saves her at the very end, like stops her from being completely killed, which kind of oh, bugged yeah. me because it's like yeah. it's like she did all the work, you know, like yeah, she's the one who got and I, and she does get the shit kicked out of her, like Absolutely. the whole movie. Just, it pulls it pulls what I 
like to refer to as the raid phenomenon. Yes, I'm bringing up the raid again. The raid <laughs> phenomenon where the protagonist gets the absolute living shit beat out of them throughout mm. the entire movie and just keeps charging forward. It shows up in John Wick. It shows up in basically any... Like, it shows up in the Batman, surprisingly oh, yeah. enough, where mm. Robert Pattinson just gets the absolute living shit hit out of him. Like, mainly by like pieces of like architecture, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I I appreciate any movie where the protagonist is just a just a bag of bones by the end. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and like there's that scene because it it culminates in like that scene where she's on the train um and she's having a fight with uh the villain of the piece oh, and she gets yeah, like her arm broken and she gets stabbed and just like uh, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Like, yeah, well, oh, and man. she got stabbed before that in the fucking auto shop with that. Oh yeah, yeah. with uh, the truck guy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, just, and so yeah, she was just straight. walking around. Like, I mean, she deserved that stabbing. She threw that old woman. Like threw that old woman. Yeah. Yeah. That was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would have thrown that old lady too. <laughs> um, ah, that scene, the end of that scene also showed like a weird thing that she did like three or four times like sorry two or three times throughout the movie which is she chokes somebody to the point where they can't breathe and then go it's the only what you know yeah i'm like that's not a very effective way to get somebody to talk yeah they're not they can't talk no it's like it's like covering somebody's eyes and being like where are they <laughs> <laughs> show me where yeah. what do you see i um, think that that might have been my favorite fight scene was in that auto shop yeah because they they both got very creative with like improvised weapons and shit um and i i like a good fight scene in a very enclosed space like the hallway daredevil fight yes that shit's so good it is My... good. It, it's um it's reminiscent of um what the hell was I going to... It doesn't matter. It's You're right. It, it's great. And two, part of what makes it great is like... It's like an escalation. Like mm-hmm. it starts off where like he's got the screwdriver. And then they both have like wrenches. And then like she's got like that saw blade that she's like holding up against his neck. That was fucked. It was fucked. I was real worried for it him in that It was just being moment. held against his neck. It was being like slowly turned across yeah. his neck. That was uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, and I do like that she doesn't kill him for the most part. She doesn't really kill anybody. Um, no, she kills that think, last lady who let's yeah. face it. She had that, that death was brutal though. Oh it was my nice. God. She got the knife, like flipped it around, like to where she made her stab herself, kicked it in two more times, stole the knife and just started stabbing everywhere. Jesus. Yeah. What? There's a great moment in that, like where she's stabbing her, where she stabs her, like, in the gut and then she like drags it up like across her body and then like stabs her a few more times puts it in her neck and then you know drop kicks her um but what <laughs> i liked about it was it reminded me of how you like cut up like a fish like when you're mm. like gonna you know put like salt in it or whatever like to season it um and i was like i was just like damn she just skewered the shit out of her but 
it's yeah. like comedic in the way that she like puts it in her neck and then also kicks her like onto it. It's like she's already dead. Like you don't have to like. <laughs> yeah, you just had to make sure. You know, yeah. Like, there's no coming yeah, back it's... from it. Kind of dead. No, no, she's a skewer now. There's no. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a straight up shish kebab. She is shish kebab. Of that ending, guns don't exist in the movie until like the final twenty minutes. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. I know. And like, I'm like, there's no guns, and then suddenly, the big fight scene with um the like with uh Don Wolf ends like where she mm-hmm. fucking skewers them, and then all of a sudden everybody has guns. Yep. Where were these the entire movie? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but I do like I I I like how they handle that the other like the goons have guns like the way they shoot that scene it does like it does feel believable that she wouldn't just immediately get shot because the way she like bursts out of the the train and immediately like latches onto the guy with the gun um i found it at least kind of like i could suspend my disbelief that she wasn't just immediately riddled with bullets yeah, um, it also it was also a nice touch to not have her go all John Wick and just land all headshots. Yeah, like, I don't think yeah. I think she hits like two or three people in like the arm or the leg, mm-hmm. but I don't think she kills anybody with the gun. No. All I'm saying is, if for if I'm ever like at a point in my life where I'm a goon, you know, and I'm like working for some crime boss or something, and I see somebody like coming up a hallway or going up some stairs or coming out of a train and they're like real disheveled looking, I'm not going to mess with them. Cause I'm like, nope. you know what? We probably took your daughter or your dad or something. And I'm just going <laughs> to, yeah, <laughs> I don't need to die. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't worth it. I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like we were talking about earlier, one of the things I like about the action in this movie is um, it does have that like, sort of like Hong Kong style action where it's it's brutal and swift but it's also kind of funny like it it feels reminiscent of something like a Jackie Chan movie where there's a lot of moments where somebody will get you know I don't know drop kicked or something and you're like oh that looks like it hurt but at the same time it's like a little bit funny you know because like they hit their head on a door or they're like fall down like 10 stairs um, I'm gonna I have just, to go with that I appreciate first. it fight with um the main villain mm-hmm. thon wolf where um she just gets spin kicked in the jaw and just goes before yeah. he just pummeling yeah like when the kick first happened it's framed in such a way of oh that's a big hit and then like the camera immediately reverts back to normal it's mm-hmm. like it was a nice play on how the camera movement usually works in those scenes where when the camera pans alongside the kick it's supposed to be a strong kick and then it just Hands back. It's, I don't know. I liked. I liked. It was a nice filmmaking touch. Yeah, there's there's a good there's good use of like because normally I am very much like a a, a uh, lockdown camera kind of person. Like if I'm watching a fight scene, I want the camera to just sit still, right? Because I want to see like what's happening, right? And this movie has a very active camera. There's a lot of like running with the camera. There's a lot of drone shots. There's a lot of like, you know, wide kind of sweeps and stuff. 
but I think they do a good job of like moving the camera in ways that like accentuates the action rather than like hides it, I guess. Um, because you can tell that like a lot of the martial arts and stuff, that's all coming from Veronica. Like she looks like she's actually doing the stuff that she's doing. Um, like there's a great moment and and they use this all the time in, in, in American action movies, but I, I just always love it anyway. There's a moment where somebody like gets like kicked in the neck and they like fall to the ground with the foot, but the camera, instead of like following them down, it does like a tilt. I just, I just, yeah, I, yeah. I love that. I'm a big fan of that. Anytime they use it, they use it in um, Furious Seven when uh, when Jason Statham throws the rock through a table, like a glass table, and there's oh, like yeah. a, a, a shot of like Jason Statham running at the rock, and then he hits him, and then as he hits him, the camera just goes like like drops basically. I don't know. I think that's a great technique. I wish everything would use it for everything. You know, just somebody like eating cereal even. I'd take that. I think it's great. <laughs> uh, I think the framing on a lot of the big impact hits was nice because it it didn't cut away from the big hits, which you see a lot of in like Western action movies because they don't want they don't want the stuntmen to get hurt. They don't want the actors to get hurt. So they'll cut away at right. the moment of the big hit and try to sell the hit on the next shot. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, it does a lot of like the Hong Kong action style of just not at all doing that. No. No. You will see the actor or actress get thrown through the table. You are watching this happen in real time. Yeah. Just get just kicking the shit out of some stunt men, which I appreciate. <laughs> um I had something I was gonna say and I completely forgot. That happens a lot, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> One of us just pause this because we can't remember what the hell we were going to say. Um, I don't know. Grayson, you got anything? Um, I think my favorite use of that like camera technique of like tilting mm-hmm. was in uh, uh, Kingsman. Specifically oh, yes. the, the second mm-hmm. one where they're fighting in the like little diner at the end. Mm-hmm. Um and like they don't just do like a tilt, they do like a full 360 of that bitch. Yeah. Um, because somebody gets flipped over a goddamn counter or whatever. I need to watch <laughs> that movie again. But yeah, I think Kingsman is a really good or it does a really good job of like using that sort of like camera work. Um, and it just it makes I don't know, it just makes you feel some kind of way. Yeah. Um, and it's just more impactful. Um, mm-hmm. it's also like, like we've been saying it, not a lot of people use it. And so it's just, it's sort of fun when somebody does decide yeah. to use that kind of thing. And so I love any kind of creative, like way to sell like a, a hit like that or a moment like that. Um, yeah. And I think camera movements are a good way to do it or, or even just like, I don't know, like one of the things I like about this movie and, and one of the things that. So there's a, this is going to be a roundabout way of me saying this. There's a prequel to this movie um, that just came out this year. It's called Furies. um, And it's directed by Veronica Nyo. Um, So she stars in in Fury and then she directed Furies. And Furies is actually about the villain. Um, It's kind of like her origin story. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the things that that movie does and what, I can tell is inspired by by this movie is there's a lot of good use of like like colored light 
like there's a lot of scenes where people are like bathed in blue or purple or green. Um, and I always just find that interesting because it's like this like it does like an interesting thing to people's um, like shadows, like especially around their faces um, and around like their their outline where like different colors will just cast you kind of like like literally in a different light. Right. And like that last fight in the train, like it's all kind of purple. It's like this beautiful, like purple light. And I don't know. I, I can't, it, it makes it almost like mythical and like murky and, and, and I don't know. I just, I appreciate that they kind of use light in an interesting way. Like it's not like in a lot of like American action movies and I don't want to just shit on American action movies all the time, <laughs> but I like to, um, they they often just shoot things like it in what's called like motivated lighting where it's just like everything is kind of lit in a way that would be like akin to real life right so like if something's dark it's dark right or if it's some if it's light outside oh it's just bright and sunny or whatever but like with this movie like in that train fight where's the purple light coming from who cares like yeah <laughs> Um, I just think I, that's cool. I like that. I think when um, Veronica Nell's character was thrown into the water, uh-huh. like handcuffs, those are not chains around the hands and legs from the water. There was a, the way that they cast the lighting on that with the, that ethereal, like greenish blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was, it was really, it was really cool because it, it was. A, it's nighttime and usually when you see like nighttime underwater you don't see those ethereal greens and blues that's usually something you'll see during like daytime scenes if Mm -hmm. you get that at all in american movies right so that's just going off that i do also have a little bit of a problem with the scene that follows the hospital scene that immediately falls after the getting thrown Mm -hmm. in the water where the police are like we didn't find any evidence you just found a lady chained (laughs) up and tossed into the water that should be evidence (laughs) They're like, nothing we can do. Sorry. Sorry, we didn't find any evidence. Hmm? It's a kink thing. I don't know. <laughs> she did it to herself. <laughs> um, yeah, I that that is one I think because I don't like that in any movie. I, I always find it kind of annoying when and I understand why they do it in this movie. They have to like put her in a scenario where she can know about the scheme. And then have to like work her way back to it because they have to, you know, have this finale. But it always bugs me in a movie when a villain has the opportunity to execute like the protagonist, but they choose to do it in like a sadistic way that it allows for the protagonist to escape. Like for some reason, that's just always bugged me where it's like she could just stab her in the throat while she's knocked out, right? Or just. Or use the, the guns head. they clearly have. Right. But instead she chooses to tie her up in this elaborate way and throw her in the river. And what is presumably a section of the river where someone's just gonna find her. Um, so I don't know. That it's fine. It does it's like it doesn't take away from the movie, but that always bugs me when it's like we're just gonna just not kill her because the plot demands it. Wait, but we never find out who grabs her from the water. I just realized that. She just no. shows up in the hospital bed, and the police are like, "You were found in the water." It was a fish. A fish found you. Yeah, the lighting. Um, <laughs> as sorry, I just just thinking about it. As somebody who majored in 
theatrical lighting. The lighting in this movie was very theatrical. It was used unlike a lot of like American films. This movie used lighting to actually like elicit emotions and that sort of thing. It's kind of like the same in John Wick, how like they use like blue and red a lot. Yeah. um, For John, uh, for, to sort of signify different aspects of him. It was like the same thing in this movie where they used color and direction to exaggerate certain aspects of different characters and situations, um, which is a big thing you learn in theatrical lighting because in theater you, you know, you ha- you're in front of a live audience and the people all the way in the back of the theater have to be able to see what's going on. And so you have to get really creative with like your colors, your intensities, your direction, that sort of thing. So that the people in the back who might not be able to see very well still get the same experience as those sitting up front. And yeah. so I thought I thought that was very fun. And I really liked the when she first got to Saigon. Um I just the the city lights and all the neons and stuff. I'm a sucker for neon oh, um, in movies. It's uh, so good. Especially good when aesthetic. you Yeah, especially when you like bathe characters in it and there's not like a direct like primary source of light. There's just like this mix match of like all these different neon signs and flashing lights and stuff. Um, I know a lot of like the new Star Wars shows that are coming out, especially like Obi-Wan, um, where they like go to like a market or something at night and there's just like all these like really nice lights. That's as a lighting person, it just it's good. It's good shit. Oh yeah. And this movie is very beautifully like shot just in general. Oh yeah. Like especially the scenes like when she's in the the village. And there's these great like panoramic views of like the bay and like whatever. And I know it's supposed to be this thing of like she is in this like hard position and they're poor and they can barely afford food or whatever. But I'm looking at that house in our current economy and I'm like, that's not bad. It's really mind, not. I wouldn't mind living <laughs> on the river. <laughs> I know. That's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, man, yeah, it's kind of like a ramshackle sort of a house, but like that's beachfront property right there. Yeah. Well, yeah, how much that would go for in the US? Two million at Insane. the minimum. <laughs> yeah. And they're just living in it like like it's nothing. Yeah. I I really like the um the way that they shoot the cinematography changes for when they get to Saigon in the movie, mm-hmm. if you've noticed. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. in the village there's a lot of drone shots, there's a lot of showing like what's around, and then when you get to Saigon, it's very claustrophobic. Yeah. Yeah, that is definitely true. I it, that stuff does feel very like, um, I don't know, almost film noir esque, where it's this like, you know, the the city is almost like a character in itself. You know, it's like mm-hmm. grimy and dirty and awful. Um, and even though this is supposed to be like, oh, this is where everybody you know lives, and it's like the opposite of the village where she's in poverty. It's still this sort of like there's a commentary to be had about like life in the in the city being so lonely and being like like you said like just just gross and just dirty and um 
Yeah, it it felt, and especially with the neon, it does feel inspired by like, like noir and, um, like Japanese cinema from like the the fifties and sixties. Um, but I I I think it 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 just kind of illustrates that point of where she's she's like going into the underworld, like she's going back to this life that she she once had. Um, and yeah, it just looks real unpleasant. I don't know. I don't know why anybody would choose to be a criminal in that city, but <laughs> yeah, I have to. All I'm saying is that if you find yourself at any point in a scenario where you're working for like some sort of gangster, that's got like a, a, a person out to get them, like just maybe just retire at that point. Like, cause you know, you're bound to be in a club fight where somebody's going to throw a glass bottle at your head or something. Yeah. I've watched enough martial arts movies to know. And don't ever enter a hallway because you're just going to get your ass kicked. I'm a sucker for get, a hallway fight. Go ahead. Think we get benefits. The goons. Oh, no. No, no. absolutely not. No, definitely not. <laughs> absolutely not. See, so if like, I was a crime boss, I'd give my goons benefits. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you'd be yeah. like free health care. You know, you're going to get <laughs> yeah. your teeth kicked out at some point. So <laughs> I was actually expecting there to be a hallway fight like in the vein of Old Boy or Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, when mm-hmm. uh, she first got to the facility holding. Her daughter. I was expecting there to be a hallway fight because that's what it looks like it was leading to. And then no, she just head outside the door. Yeah, there is a great moment where there is because there's a couple of bait and switches, and you talked about one where there's that moment where the the camera pans and she kicks her in the the jaw, but it's like not very impactful. There's a second, or there before that, there's a bait and switch where she enters this room and there's a guy sitting down. And he's like sitting in a chair, right? And then he like stands up, and you think it's gonna be like this knockdown, drag out brawl. And then she just hits him once, and he falls back on the chair. <laughs> yeah. It hits him once, falls back on a chair, and then the actual like slight brawl is with the other guy who's yeah standing in the corner the whole time. Yeah, I just I thought that was so funny. He just stands up like what, and then she just like he just goes night nights, you know? Yeah. Um, he was EP, I guess. He was. God. I'm also EP. Me too. It's too early. It's I noon. think I, I think I've been watching to uh, the Matrix too many times recently because when every time that her hand got caught, I was expecting the yeah, the, like <laughs> fingers jut out. That Keanu Reeves does in that movie. Yeah, that is one of my favorite. I saw this TikTok the other day, and it was like, <laughs> did I? I don't know I if I've seen the you. same TikTok. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if I sent it to you, Grayson, but it's like I think I just might it might have. Popped up on my <laughs> yeah, thing. It's that, that one where it's like when you're playing a fighting game, but you yeah. only know one special move, and it's just that clip over and over again. Yeah. I was cracking me up. Um, I like the. I think my favorite character was the the guy at the police station station that she was like making a report to with the big ass round glasses. Yeah, I loved him. I want a whole movie with him and just like yes. his day to day life. <laughs> he was wanna... great. I would love a like a sitcom where every week he like <laughs> enters the police station and there's someone new with an issue and then he comes back and they're missing and they're and just gone to, and I they're do, just gone. I yeah. do love the um. All right, give me the basic information. Says the name and uh-huh. date of birth. I need you to slow, slow. down. <laughs> I'm like, what's his deal? How did he get that job? 
<laughs> I don't know. Birth dates repeated three times, and all three yeah. times he's like, "I need you to slow he's down." Like, whoa, I need whoa, you whoa! To calm down. You're talking a little too fast for me. I yeah. know. I do. I do feel like there is a bit of commentary in that about like the hysterical woman kind of trope, because she's being very calm. And she has like very good reason to be freaking out. And he's like, "Don't freak out. It's okay." Like, yeah, what? Your she's not even. She's, she's not even. She's not yelling. She's not like on the bird. She's not on the verge of a mental breakdown. She's just very quickly trying to tell him the information so that they could start. And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Slow yeah. down, slow down there." And he's like, "Don't worry." The detective has a great track record, and behind him is this whole wall. I think he has a crush on the detective because he just gushes for like yeah. three minutes about how great the detective is from the moment he entered the force. Mm. I know, and there is a, the, the, like literally right behind him is this whole wall that's just like unsolved cases, and he's like, he's got a great track record. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. The wall behind him is all the unsolved cases that he solved however there's two separate walls in the other room of unsolved cases yeah. Of unsolved. yeah the the i feel like the because the underpinning of this movie is the idea that like her daughter is kidnapped and is presumably going to be sold into this like organ harvesting operation yeah and what i appreciate about this movie is the like restraint of giving us the imagery of that without ever like actually showing us because I feel like there is more like horror in like, like when she enters that room and there's the operating table Mm -hmm. and there's just like the pile of children's clothes. It's like really awful clothes, the blood all over the table, the the singular sandal sitting there. Yeah. And it's like, you get the like feeling of dread, without ever actually having to show it. Like, I think that that is a good, like... I'm I'm glad they went that approach, because I'm like, I don't need to see, like, none of that. Like, not in my fun action movie about child trafficking. It's very much... (laughs) It's very much the fear of the unknown aspect, and I was about... It's the implication. That's right. Um, Yeah, I I appreciate that, because I feel like... I'm going to get into a movie that's out right now that... I'm not promoting it or whatever because I wouldn't promote this kind of trash anyway. There's this movie that's out right now, and it's like all the like right wing nut jobs are a fan of it. It's called oh, Sound God. of Freedom. Yeah, Jesus and Christ. I I haven't seen it. I'll a full disclosure, but I've read like graphic descriptions of like what's in the movie and stuff. And I feel like like people don't seem to understand this idea that like with certain subjects, like especially like child abuse or like sexual abuse or things like that, like there, there's this very like thin line between like a a realistic portrayal of something and like a fetish fetishization of something where it's like, Oh, we've got to show all the like, you know, concerned moms at home, what happens to childs who are trafficked. And it's like, I think they know, like you don't have to like, it make these like long extended sequences of people like being kidnapped and trafficked and all this shit, just so we feel like sympathy for it. Like it doesn't give the audience a lot of credit. And like one of the things that this movie does that I, I feel like other movies could learn a lesson from is this idea that like 
we don't have to be told why someone would want their child back. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we kind of just like you understand it, right? And you understand why kidnapping children and harvesting them for their organs is a bad thing, right? We don't have to be told like, uh, look how much this has corrupted this man. And now he's got to go save all these kids. It's like, no, we get it. We know why that's bad. Like, you don't have to tell us. Um, anyway, I, I just, I think yeah. kind of jumping off of that, they have a really good, more subtle thing of like showing the dehumanization that comes alongside it without like explicitly saying it with the numbers that are taped to their right. foreheads. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, God, I had one more note that we haven't touched on yet. I'm okay. Just, See if I can find it real quick. I did not take mo- notes while I was watching the movie this time. Um, and I thought, oh, I have enough in my head that I can just riff on it. And uh, I I have found that to not be the case. Um, oh, yeah. So one thing that was a little weird to me. Hello, dog. Uh, one thing that was a little weird to me was um, during that initial chase where she's trying to chase down the boat. Uh-huh. Where she hides in the river. Oh yeah. Jumps out and it's the most useless sneak attack I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought she was gonna be up a tree or something. Like I oh, but, yeah. I think See, I expected that vine choke to yeah. happen with the jumping out of the water and not like two minutes later after an extended fight scene in the water. That's true. I also thought the first time I watched it that she was gonna like steal that truck. And like drive off because she just stole somebody's bike like two seconds ago. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's just keep the Grand Theft Auto going. But <laughs> um, now, yeah, she just does a, a jump out of the water, seemingly off of nothing. But um, I mean, it's pretty shallow. I guess she could have. But how did he not see her? Yeah, that's, that's... The thing. It's like, where was she? It I mean, made the water was cool kind of murky. Shot. That's true. It was pretty murky. Yeah, it made for a cool looking shot. It did. One thing I was concerned about was when she gets thrown in the river, which is all tied up, they they do like a zoom out of the river and it's like real dirty, right? There's like a lot of trash around and stuff. And I was like, girl, you're going to get tetanus or something. Like <laughs> That was also my first concern. I was like, ooh, she's going to get diseases. <laughs> yeah, like you're going to step on a needle. Also had that, that also had the first instance of the um, like flashback to her father. Hmm. Which I think the movie could have done without those flashbacks, because I don't feel like she yeah. needs she needed the motivation of her dad going always get up when you get knocked down to you know keep going in that situation. It wasn't like it. It felt like the motivation of daughter crying right next to her is enough. Mm-hmm. But like the imagery of. Like, daughter needs help should be been enough. It felt weird to have that flashback. Two different flashbacks throughout the movie of her dad just going, ignore the pain. Stand up. Yeah, I don't... That's true. I, I didn't hate the flashbacks because I think, like, that is a, is a trope of, like, martial arts movies. Yeah. This idea that, like, in people's weakest moments, they always, like, flashback to some lesson that their their master taught them. Um, but it does kind of like take away, I guess, from, from her like internal kind of motivation where she has to have, like you said, like this 
flashback to like make sure you get up and it's like yeah no shit idiot i know how to get up but like <laughs> i also, also don't hate it at the same time i just think it plays off very strangely with the fact that late that in between both of those two flashbacks we see a flashback of when she ran away that's true and he just slaps her because she says that she wants to date somebody it's like why are we not why are we sorry why are we glorifying the messages of this man <laughs> yeah that is one thing i think I think culturally there is a bit of a barrier because there is this implication that like she should feel bad for like not wanting to associate with her parents, even though clearly her parents were like not very kind to her. No. Um, And that like, there is also the implication that like her brother is like justified in his anger towards her. Whereas I feel like in like an American movie, we'd be like, nah, that family sucks. Like I I wouldn't want to be with them. Um, but it could just be like there's context there that we don't necessarily understand as an American audience. Like, yeah, maybe there is something else there that we're not picking up on. But no, I agree with you. There, it does kind of like feel contradictory where you're like, I thought I wasn't supposed to like the dad, and now I do like the dad. Like, what which kind of dad is this supposed to be? But, um, yeah, I I don't know. It's 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 yep. I had a point and I lost it, but it doesn't matter. I think that's all I have to say. Did you guys have anything else? I think I've exhausted pretty much everything I can say right at this moment. Okay. That's all right. Um, So we'll come to the, we've come to the end of the show. Uh, It's everybody's favorite part of the show where um, Grayson tells us what they would rank the film out of 10. Uh, So what would you rank it out of 10? 7.7. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. What's your reasoning? Um, there was some of the dialogue that seemed a little clunky, and I don't know if it was just the, um, like the translation because I did watch this in Vietnamese with English subtitles, so I don't know if it was the translation that kind of got. like messed up that made it seem a little weird um but yeah just some of the dialogue seemed a little eh um and then um it did seem a bit long i there were some what was the one that we had talked about that it kind of went on forever? Oh, the brother scene where he was mm. just berating her. I was like, I feel like that could have been a little shorter or just done better. Yeah. Um. And then just some of the like ex- giving context, like how did she get like, how did they find her after they dumped her in the whatever after, you know, tying her up? How did they find her? Because we never saw anybody following her. There wasn't really anybody else that saw them dump. So I was like, how did she get found? Um, and there's a couple other scenes where just there wasn't really any explanation for how we got there. Um, but other than that, I mean, acting was incredible. Um, the action was amazing. I think it was a really well done story. And uh, the lighting and and the use of color was also very good. So, 
Right on. And Dugan, what would what would what would your honorary first rating be? Um, if I had to give it a rating, I'd probably go pretty close to Grayson, but I'd probably go with about seven point six. Okay. Um, for a few of the same reasons, uh, pacing felt a little bit weird in some sections. The brother section went on a little bit too long, but um, a few lack of explanations. But the acting was great. The action was amazing. Storyline was serviceable. I mean, the storyline's not why you watch action movies ever really um i i hardly ever recall the plot the only plot i actually remember for the john wick movies is the first one yeah (laughs) Yeah, everything else is a blur of action scenes of good action Um, good action scenes and uh this movie had a lot of really good action scenes and yeah it's it's about 7.6 that's a hard recommend okay um i think for me probably oh gosh probably like a 7.8 and i think if you would have asked me like a year ago i probably would have said it like an eight or nine mm-hmm. and the only reason i'm dropping it is just because re-watching it this time i don't know i think i've seen so much in the interim that is like in the same genre that's kind of like um very similar that was better, I guess. And that's not to say that this movie's bad, because it definitely isn't. But it's more just like, I think my initial viewing, was I was much more positive and was like, oh, this is great. I've never seen anything like this. And now that I have seen stuff like it, I'm like, yeah, it's still pretty good, but it's like not the top of the, mm-hmm. the pile, I guess. But it's still, I really think it's really good. I think if you're an action fan, it's it's a treat. I think it's nice to see an action movie that is led by uh, a woman of color, um just in general i think that's a nice thing to see um and yeah like i said it's just it's just good the action's solid i I have no complaints about it um the pacing is a little bit weird like you guys both i think both of you said um um yeah so seven what did i say Mm 7.8 um yeah so that's it um but if, if you like to rate things uh and you just love giving numbers to stuff uh, uh, what should they do? Uh, Put it in the comments. Get it in the comments. Yeah, uh, give us five, five stars. Like it. Uh, rate it. All the things. Press all the all the buttons. Any buttons that you see on any of these, just <laughs> press them all. It's time to do something. Like it. Dislike it. Uh, leave a comment. Leave. Leave a comment that's like a Google search, like you don't know how the internet works. <laughs> Just leave it blank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at vivalaaction at gmail.com. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can follow us at vivalaaction everywhere. Follow us for, for more m- movie talk. Um, was, that, was that my dog's first appearance on this show? I think full face appearance, yeah. Full face, yeah. Yeah. That was Mercury. She's the best dog. Well, well, I also have a dog who is the best dog. That but... okay. They're both the best dog. <laughs> <laughs> um you'll find Grayson um riding their dog like a tiny horse. Yep. Uh you'll find Dugan uh waving to trains as they pass. And you'll find me uh, pouring mugs. 
eating mugs. Yep. And, and pouring hot coffee all over myself. Yeah. Uh, that's been this episode. See you next time. All right. Um, We are now recording, so I want to say... Three, two, one. There will be a, a brief pause, um, and then I'll I'll go into my intro. I'm probably going to do it wrong because I do it right about one t- out of every ten times. <laughs> I don't know if that. I mean, do you have a script written down for it? No. <laughs> that makes too much sense. That makes too much sense. Because okay, well okay. the thing is, originally it was. Um, Welcome to Viva La Action, the action movie podcast where we talk about action movies. But I was like, I say action three times in that yeah. intro. So then I switched it to the show where we talk about action movies. But I always forget show. So then sometimes I'll say the movie where we talk about action movies <laughs> or the podcast or the. So it's not consistent. It's yeah. never the same length of time. Nope. Right down. As somebody who's who actually used to work at a radio station as one of the hosts and as one of the news people, write down a script. Jesus. Never. 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 That's we're, too logical. We're in the Wild <laughs> West of podcasting. <laughs>